0: Can you do one that's like the? Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River.
1: All right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast and we're reusing, reusing the intro music it's uh midterms and that's about as much as we prepared so this is going to be a bit of a free-for-all um evan here with will as always how you doing uh, i can't be better i'm staring at a, <laughs> a
0: a very expensive bottle of scotch that was just delivered to me by my buddy who flew back from thailand today so i'm uh i'm happy Thai scotch well it's Taiwanese scotch actually it's Cavalon it's uh, it was the world's oh. best whiskey uh, I think in 2015 and uh, oh wow yeah it uh, I have no idea if it's gonna be good or not that's gonna I'm gonna laugh when I when I sip it and spit it out but uh, you know <laughs> this is what this podcast is welcome to our whiskey talk. <laughs>
1: whiskey i can talk about some whiskey i don't know much about scotch but i have a couple nice bottles that somebody gave me sitting there waiting to be drunk so i need a scotch drinker to hang out with
0: i uh the only time i drink scotch is when i'm smoking a cigar so i'm i am much more of a bourbon and tennessee whiskey kind of guy
1: Mm. i spent a month in thailand one time it was awesome
0: that's what my buddy just basically did. That he and his wife were in Japan for like two weeks, and then another two or three weeks in in Thailand. They they had a blast.
1: Oh, worth it! I went in two thousand nine. I was like, F it, I'm going to Thailand." It's like, "Mom, I'm going for a month." She's like, "Cool." I did the same thing. I was like, "That's wild." <laughs> she did like
0: did it in the '60s. in Thailand too, or just somewhere else? Yeah,
1: Thailand. It's
0: wild. Yeah, my mom actually grew No, that's the Philippines. Yeah. I'm trying to, we're trying to talk about Thailand and I can't, uh, I can't contribute other than I like Thai food. There,
1: there you go. Boom. Ooh, Thai food's good. There's a really good place. I've been, uh, it's not relevant to you, but maybe somebody around here might know. Uh, I've been trying, I moved up to, towards Holly Springs and trying to find a good Thai place. And there's not really one, but I found a really good one in Cary called Wasabi Thai and Sushi. Okay. It's really good. So highly recommend it to anybody who likes Thai food. That reminds me of Sushi Thai over there. Relatively, That place was campus. good too. Oh. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we should probably talk about the Wolfpack. They don't have to. Uh, i much prefer to talk <laughs> about Thailand and Southeast Asia. I'd probably know it just as well.
0: If, if the listeners uh, want to, send us questions for our uh, Where in the World is Carmen Diego" podcast that we're doing next.
1: Dude, that was my favorite cartoon growing up. I loved it. Like, it gave me the travel bug, and I've been, I think, uh, I think I've been up to 36 countries at this point.
0: You know, I just can't figure it's out. It's all because of that show. Was she actually a bad person? Like, was she a thief or something? Why were we after her?
1: Yeah, Carmen Sandiego, I think she was the the, the art stealer, right? <sighs> right? In the world.
0: You know, I saw the Tom- Thomas Crown Affair. I have to support art thieves, man. Come on.
1: Oh, I love that's a great movie. It's under a movie.
0: <laughs> Give me some pierce. Oh, Carmen San
1: Diego's on Netflix. I didn't really even a kid watch that. Oh,
0: you should definitely. Yeah, yeah. you gotta get him educated. You gotta do that. You gotta do uh, God what? Ghostwriter. And let's see. What other terrible clo- shows can I remember from
1: from childhood? Schoolhouse
0: Rocks. I mean, you gotta you gotta teach them how a bill gets made.
1: <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> – I can't even pronounce this word. The titular yep. female returns in the series that follows her new international capers as well as past escapades that led to her becoming a super thief. Mm. She
0: stole our hearts just like she stole our minds. Am I right, guys?
1: I'm, I'm on com right now for people who want to know that story. I don't know this,
0: <laughs> this is like the either the best or worst four minutes of content we throw down. I'm saying this right now. <laughs> Uh, the numbers
1: this week well, are gonna be
0: amazing <laughs> well
1: that's what they get when they take freaking 10 days off for their semester finals or whatever it is yeah i got nothing to talk about there's no signing day there's no offensive coordinator Ugh. i don't know i don't know what to talk about so
0: i mean we can talk about that we can get a bunch of questions yeah let's yeah. well let's go through the questions and then if we have stuff to talk about after that You know, at least the the people were heard first instead of listening to us uh, describe, you know, Paraguay or
1: something. (laughs) Uruguay. If you're going to go (laughs) down, go to Uruguay. How many bottles of scotch do I ask Santa for to make it through basketball season? That's from Doug. Kidding. Well, maybe. The team has gotten better, and I like what I see now that... They have several games at full strength under their belt. How high is Helms' ceiling? Not the roof. Ceiling is the roof. <laughs> um, Helm. So somebody else asked for a Helms' update, and I probably know as much as next guy. But I saw it on Twitter that he was cleared to practice. So that's got to be got to be good. Um, doesn't mean he's going to practice or he's not going to practice or he's going to play or whatever. But he was cleared to practice. That means he got bumped on the head, but he's okay. Probably went through a concussion protocol if I'm to guess. Yeah.
0: At first I was worried that he had actually like broken his tailbone. The way he had kinda like yeah. turned over and was kinda like tapping it. Um I mean, I, I'm just glad he's okay. It's it's really frustrating just that it got to that point in that game. And I know people are some people are gonna blame the refs. So I was a little frustrated just that, you know, Keats was sitting on three timeouts and I just really thought we were playing a really like sloppy, careless way that I would have taken a timeout, I guess, if I was Coach Keats before that had happened and tried to get the guys to understand, like, hey, maybe you're not used to being up this much, but you need to play like winners and you gotta, you know, you gotta push through this. I I thought they were a little sloppy at the end and that might have led to Jericho having to go that hard for that ball, anyways. Um, But it's
1: probably just something about that I saw, or maybe it was something that Keats said. And I was watching uh, Wolfpack Hustle, so it's like the coach's show thing. And he said towards the end of it that he's probably pressing 60% of the Mm -hmm. amount of time that he wants to. And I was like, huh? And basically because he doesn't have the players. And I think when Sebron doesn't get eligible and Harris transfers and – who's the other kid? Taylor get hurt, then – you're down a couple guards or small forwards, and you can't do the things you want. But it just never really connected with me that that was the problem because I was always expecting more of the. And I'm not gonna say like the havoc style, but you know, a lot more pressing. And basically, what he's doing is recruited a bunch of guards to make that problem go away. So he's got you know, two guards and a forward next year. He's got a 2021 20, guard. So I think we'll start to see more of that. I, I like what I see when this team is rolling. Like when they're in rhythm and they're passing the ball, they the offense really clicks and they're playing defense, right? The defense leads to to points. What bothers me is when they get a little bit rattled mm-hmm. or uh, I'm not even sure like the right term for it, but when they get rattled, they start to play a little bit more one-on-one. Yeah. And you know, there's certain guys that are just I don't want to say black holes, but like Funderburk got double teamed one time and he should have kicked the ball back out. And it was Braxton or Andre was wide open, but he just – he was going to the rack no matter what. Like he got the ball and he was going in. And that needs to – there needs to be some emphasis on, you know, getting other guys involved because when they're moving the ball and and the offense is clicking, man, it looks good. And they're like, they're going to be tough. Yeah. But they have a tendency to get out of it too easily, I think. And I think that's that's the frustrating part for me to watch.
0: I think they look really good when the shots are falling. And then you get, like you said, those situations there. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's just like lack of situ- situational awareness or just overconfidence. I, I think, I don't know, I was listening to something post-game and they were kind of talking about how, you know, Funderburk can sometimes beat guys off the dribble. And maybe the fact that he knows he can do that a little bit can be a problem right so instead of trying to kick it out he's thinking okay i'm gonna make a little highlight here um i don't know I, i'm happy with what i'm seeing so far i mean the georgia you know you, you look like it just looks like if you had ran that georgia tech game a hundred more times that that was going to be the one night where georgia tech won um the way the team has been playing um i really like how helms has been playing looks like he's just a yeah. I don't know if 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 it's just he's in rhythm right now or what, but he looks like a different player right now. Um I think he had what? He only had like thirteen or fifteen points against Wake, but man, it just seemed like when the ball was in his hand it was going in. I don't know.
1: Yeah. He's you know, he took a lot of crap last year because he was a little bit out of control, but he's got all the makings to be a really good player. He hustles. Yeah. He's got a good looking shot. He you know, he's fundamentally sound. And when it clicks in his head like it has the last few games, I mean that's a he's a real asset to his team cuz he's going to be hard to guard. He's going to be harder for the little guys to guard, but he's also faster than some of the big guys. He's that kind of tweener guys you want. And you know, he's only a sophomore, so he's going to keep getting better. And you know, I really like him. So, I'm glad he's Developing, I think we're kind of we're kind of seeing that.
0: Yeah, he's shooting almost thirty nine percent from three right now, which is great.
1: I think. I mean, I'm not expecting him to do that. You know. Um. Yeah, the, the what I don't want to see, and we've had guys do this before, is fall too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like relying on the three. Like you get hot from three, and you just keep doing it. That's not his game. He's got the mid range, go to the basket type game. You can hit the three, kind of stretch him out. But just don't like lean into it too much. That's what I, I don't want to see those well, guys doing. I that. mean,
0: Evan, when you shoot 66.7 and 75%
1: from three for the last two games, I'm gonna let you shoot till you miss. <laughs> well, I'm gonna shoot till I miss anyway. That's just how I play. But yeah, Helm's uh I don't know. Some of the other guys too. Like Thunderbird's got a nice stroke and he can hit the three, but I don't want you out there shooting threes. Like
0: you know, I always wonder does I you know, does he is he clear to shoot the three only from like one spot? Like, is he like straight straight on top of the key? I I see that a lot for like a lot of the big guys. Right. I mean, now maybe it's just that the rhythm of the offense doesn't actually pull them into like the corners and whatnot, but I think there was one where he took it kind of like midway between the arc this game. And I was like,
1: Whoa, that's, that's new. (laughs) Yeah. He's got that. um, He's got a a shot that he'll be able to develop. He's got that NBA game. Oh, He definitely does. He's not. He's not there yet, but you can tell that like he's comfortable shooting that three and that's what you need if if you're going to play in the league. It'd be interesting to see how how much better he gets at that and how he develops that cuz a big guy that can shoot threes is dangerous.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how they do against UNCG. Um I'm just clicking around. I think they're doing a little bit better. Yeah, they're 8 and 2, 6 and 1 this year. Um well, you won't be able to watch that game because <laughs> it's not on TV. <laughs> Uh, my friend... We have this ACC network that
1: is not going to play our let games. Let me explain apparently. something to
0: you called reddit.com. A um, little, <laughs> oh, little yeah. website people may not have heard of, but if you type in the words Reddit uh, Wolfpack Basketball Stream, I bet you'll find it. and uh, mm-hmm. Don't be
1: afraid to click, guys. Um, There's another one um, I use it for the NFL games. com. It used to be the yeah. the, Reddit, the subreddit with NFL Streams. Dude, I use that every weekend. Yeah banned yeah it's good
0: <laughs> who would have thought it got banned for uh, illegally broadcasting yeah. games
1: <laughs> yeah right i appreciate it i don't care i get to watch the red zone channel now oh my gosh um the other basketball question we have is so we have one other there's probably a dozen questions here two dozen questions and two are basketball related so it makes you feel or it makes you understand football is still king Despite what people have you think, yeah, football is what people. We're want a baseball
0: about. school. You just wait till those Elliot Aven questions start coming in.
1: Oh God, <laughs> need to bring in. I need to bring in a specialist for that oh my one. God. Um, Tucker asks, "Have the ACC crews just landed on the assumption that Keats' teams foul more, no matter what, because of the aggressive defense, and we're going to be in free throw hole forever?" No, I think they just like to screw us, Tucker. That's what I like to think i don't think they've resigned to that fact yet
0: i mean we we are really aggressive um and i thought last year we were kind of out of control a lot of times so i'm not surprised that we draw a lot of fouls or, or or get called for a lot of fouls um i mean it also looked like wake forest wasn't even playing defense yeah you know so they're (laughs) <laughs> like they weren't even trying to touch us. They were just kind of like, Oh, if you guys want to just, yeah, just um, run beside me through here. I'll just go like, whoo, and then we're at the hoop. So I don't know. I mean, it's just, what's really frustrating is it just seems like they will call a game like that. And then there are some definitely obvious, uh, uh, fouls. Like there was one where their one of their centers, I guess, blocked up all that. um Uh, geez. Uh, uh devin Daniels was uh taking to the to the rack, oh, yeah it, that was real early, dude. yeah, and I mean the dude hits the ground hard like that doesn't happen, it's not like he just got all ball like i yeah
1: i that that's where it it's was, frustrating, you know, yeah, it's the same thing, inconsistence, and i, I mean I've said it for years now. I'm ready for the robot refs. At some point, somebody's going to figure out AI that's going to call these games better than these jackasses are going to do. Oh, man. And I'm sure Swafford will find a way to screw us there. But for the time being, you know, we're stuck with humans who are flawed. What I don't understand is why the ACC and other leagues don't have full-time officials. So if you didn't know, these guys are moonlighting, like a high school official, any of these other guys. And they get paid per game, but they're probably accountants or garbage men or whatever they do on the side. Like, why don't you have full-time officials? The league makes enough money that you can pay these guys to be better, right? Train them, make them understand the game, make them not be biased towards people in blue. I mean, all these things are... Like, you have the money. I just never understood why they continue to operate like a amateur organization. Yeah,
0: so is like a Jamie Lucking... Or is it Lucky? 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 Lucky. Yeah, so is he an ACC ref officially, or is he like a ESPN sends this guy around to certain games?
1: No, I don't think ESPN controls it. I'm not sure. Somebody can probably... Validate that, but I'm pretty sure they're associated with the league, as not opposed to the networks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like it, it frustrates me to know in that like the NCAA tournament can generate over a billion dollars, and then I'm told yeah. that there's no money in sports, and we can't possibly have full time reps. Um, you, you would think if you can't get you know enough for the entire league, that you would have, uh, you know, just to me, I just think it's Bush league. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it is, you know, those guys, and and it makes sense why those guys might be a little bit more biased towards the higher profile schools. I mean, it makes no sense to me that somehow these pack line defenses can have just this suffocating amount of defense and yet never get fouls. Uh, I don't, I don't understand that. I'd love to see someone do like a study of all the teams that play that kind of defense, you know, cause there's, it's not just the, the UVA's of the world. And I'd like to see if the, even those teams at like the, you know, the lower tier versions of them, if they have a foul differential, like, like these teams do, it just doesn't make sense. Like how do you go an entire, I mean, did we get a free throw in the first half?
1: No, we did yeah. not.
0: I mean, that's crazy. That doesn't even make sense in modern yeah. basketball.
1: Yeah. It was 26 to zero or something at one point in free throws, 26 to two. I don't know what the number was, but that's not the first time it's happened. But it's the the inconsistency. Like, all right, you're going to miss some calls. You're human. You're not a robot ref yet, but be consistent, right? Call the same both ways. And that Devin Daniels play was like in the first two minutes, he goes to the rack and gets crushed. Yeah. And then no call and you're like, ah oh, cask me one of those games. Right? I mean, we should have won that game by thirty. But
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like a completely different topic. Like I said, I feel like this team doesn't quite know what it's like to be that far ahead in a game. And it is I know it's hard like when you're beating someone that badly to keep the you know, your foot on the throat kind of thing, but I feel like UNC doesn't ever have that problem. Duke doesn't have that problem for the most part. Right. You know what I mean? Like they just but they yeah. just seem to be killers and they're constantly having like young guys that aren't quite, um, haven't been in that culture for that long. So that's, I think that's just something I like to see Kevin just improve a little bit in the coaching department there. I, I, I know he's letting them run, but to me, it was just kind of like, dude, Markel, you, you know, you're quasi NBA talent, Euro talent, whatever. You gotta, you gotta run the show a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I just want them to be more aggressive more often. I think that's, you know, they get lazy or complacent on defense. And like we said, the defense is what drives this offense. And it's it's just kind of a bad combo when they they pull off the throttle a little bit. I don't like it. Um, The other piece of basketball news is the NOA came through and NC State did what they should have done and basically said, F you, we haven't done anything. Can you give me a, a summary or what's your take on it? I don't, well, I really the response
0: it. wasn't enough for some people. Some people thought that like, just by conceding that we made a mistake, giving away those tickets and things. I mean, we did make some mistakes, people, um, you know, I, everyone's kind of saying like, why don't you do the UNC thing and lawyer up and spend millions of dollars and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. And like one, I don't want to be like UNC in that situation. Like, if I had, if I was a UNC fan, I would have been just like devastated by how that was handled. Um, but that's because I've, I've got a little bit of character, I guess when it comes to sports. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're paying in a, they're paying a massive fine to the NCAA of $5,000. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like not even two minutes of uh, beer sales probably <laughs> at, uh, at right. one of these games. um, they they did a scholarship reduction. They reduced the total number of athletic awards in men's basketball for the incoming 21-22 academic year by one. Um, but then it says the first available opportunity to reduce it from 13. So I don't know if that means that um, – I don't even know what that even means. So I guess maybe if you've got a bunch of people on four-year scholarships that you can't reduce it, who knows? Don't really care. I think that – I mean, it's all like optical things that are basically being thrown back at the NCAA – and then they uh, restricted the number of official visits by one um, for uh, for two years. It looks like, and they have a uh, they're prohibiting unofficial visits during a two week period. Um, again, like, exactly, it's not going to do anything. But I think, in their words, it's basically these penalties. According to I think they had like a matrix that came out a year or two back, right, to try to make penalties a little bit more uh, standardized. They line up with what they're saying is in there. And then they're just fighting like hell and saying like, no, we reject the other items in here. There's no way. Like you didn't prove that, uh, that these guys knew this. And now you see, you know, Gottfried and his lawyers are, are, are trying to come at the NCAA. It's, um, I mean, I think it's fine. You basically just say, yeah, we, we were, we were way too loose on the tickets and letting these guys park these cars in certain places and blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah, I would tell them to pound sand, and if the NCAA counters back, then then you can decide to get nasty. I guess. Um,
1: I got to, yeah. It's funny that it, this if this were maybe five years ago, the story would be huge, yeah. right? And this would be all we're talking about, but nobody cares. It's probably got the least traction I've ever seen from an NC State store story, like real story. Like it's just the NCAA is a joke. And people are acting like that now, and I think this is the, uh, this was the proper response, in my if, opinion. If
0: so. if someone didn't ask about it, or we didn't literally say what's going on in the basketball world for this podcast, I didn't even remember this until we looked it back yeah. up a m- few minutes ago.
1: Uh, yeah, what should we talk about? Oh, yeah, that thing happened.
0: Yeah. Now, I do you think that... Um, it's because of what happened with the UNC response that people have really tuned out the NCAA or do you think it's because, you know, nothing's really, really come out of this. You know, you had an FBI sting basically do all this work for you and you still couldn't like get everyone on tape for doing something that everyone knows is happening.
1: Yeah. I think it's a bunch of both. I think it's just been compounding over the years. You know, you have the UNC thing and then, um, you know, the Michigan state thing, like st- sexual assault scandal and basically nothing happens. It's, Oh, that's not our jurisdiction. Yeah. Like what? Like it's the whole thing. And so people have just, that's a good point toot- yeah. turned away from it. And it, you know, it's constant, it, you know, uh, what is it? The Memphis, uh, Memphis player has to pay back $11,000 or donate $11,000 that he got donate or, that Penny Hardaway gave his mom to help him move. And Chase Young has to pay like 500 bucks to, I don't know what for taking his girlfriend to the Rose bowl or something. Oh, like yeah. it's just,
0: and he had like started all this stuff back. is so stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. actually um, there was a story that came out today uh, in the USA today, today. It says the, the NCAA notoriously punishes athletes for bad grades, smoking marijuana, accepting money and free meals, but nowhere in its 440 page, Division one rule book. Does it cite penalties for sexual violent or criminal misconduct? So apparently this was blown up today. I never actually got a chance to read the article. Um, I saw Brenda Tracy was talking about it. I kind of put a note to myself to come back later and see it. Um, oh, wow. They call it predator
1: pipeline. Holy shit. This looks pretty aggressive. <laughs> wow. That is, that's harsh. It's a pretty, but it's true. I mean, so I think the NCAA is just they're They've seeded their power. And it's just a matter of time before some new organization comes up. And I heard, and this is more in particular around the bowls and that whole nonsense with conference championships and all that stuff. But Dan Wetzel on the Yahoo sports podcast was talking about how the sport is run by these old dudes who are just trying to protect themselves and they're not making it better for the fans but the fans haven't like banded together to rise up and enforce a change nobody's leading that charge but like the bowl system's stupid the playoff system's whack and you know these bowl reps that are getting paid a million plus a year to be a bowl rep like give me that job that's the goddamn easiest job in the yeah, world
0: I, you know like the and How do you feel about this? So I saw this thing. uh, This guy was talking about a, a, I guess a bunch of like ads or people in the know are circulating the idea of going to an eight team playoff, and they were like, "We'll do an eight team playoff. It'll have these teams. Blah blah blah. It'll incorporate the bowls, and the bowls will be incorporated into the finals as well." And the first thought I had was, "We don't need bowls involved in the playoff. Like, why?"
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, they're they're. They're sanctimonious, and they're trying to maintain the tradition that is the Rose Bowl. Like, who gives a crap? Keep that one. Like, I just want to see teams play. They could play at Athens Drive for all I care. I just want to see them play. Look, the only thing that was and, good that
0: came out of the Bowl series is the Belk Bowl Twitter account,
1: okay? <laughs> <laughs> and they're gone. So, I know. Yeah. I,
0: I appreciate that they're still but, tweeting,
1: but... Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a much bigger problem. But like you said, it's like the ADs coming together to try to, to do this. I mean like the FCS has it a better setup than, than I what, mean, this, what this is what frustrates has. me is
0: that the, the ADs and the school presidents are the ones that have given away the keys to this car that makes that literally prints money and you're going to let the bowl system have it and take a cut when they don't actually add anything to it. And you could host all these games like you do every day, Tim, time of yeah. the year, right? All of these schools talk, if you ask any school, you'd say, hey, would it be valuable to you to have an additional home football game? Every one of them will say yes, yeah. right? And yet none of right. them are pushing and saying, you know what, I don't care. Why don't we just, like, who even cares? Why don't they just say, I don't, I, we're just going to do our own bowl here. Like, yeah, we're six and six. We're going to play so and so. We've agreed. They're going to come here cuz we have more fans. We're going to split the tickets. Boom. Like,
1: yeah. I, 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 yeah, it really should. There's, there's there's so much so many better ways to do it all and it's just constantly I mean, it's the same system they gave us the BCS, which was a bunch of dudes voting on the best teams rather than like play it out. It's not that hard, you know.
0: So, gotta get tickets to the street, bro.
1: is better. Yeah, right. Yeah, gotta get that uh, Papa John's bowl, like mm-hmm. the Detroit Motor City Bowl, where there can be five fans in the stands. Like those things, it's crazy. It's 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 a racket, is what it is. And I, I hope it changes. But all right, anyway, on to us. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared <laughs> actually, to solve that problem today. <laughs>
0: We're fed up, damn it, but we will still buy our tickets.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll
0: still watch your damn games.
1: <laughs> I want somebody to run the numbers on our donations. How much money we are able to raise. Benchmark us against other schools that win. How far off are we? Does Wolfpack Club donation even make a difference? It does. Uh, does my Wolfpack Club does make a difference? Yeah, this is from Who's Next. Um yeah, we're going to try to get – we are trying to get um, somebody from the Wolfpack Club somebody from the NC State giving to to help us kind of understand those numbers and that sort of thing um, because that's – I mean, anything I say is going to be anecdotal. Uh, I know they beat their chest about having a large Wolfpack Club. I don't think they maximize it, and they definitely don't make it easy enough to – you know, donate and contribute and get tickets. It's a super convoluted system and, um, you know, they're not maximizing me. So I can't imagine they're maximizing anybody else. And I think that's um, something they need to look at, but it's something we want to look at too. Um, We're going to, we're working on uh, setting that up. Just going to be a little while, figure it out, maybe towards the end of the seasons and give us something to talk about.
0: Yeah. But to answer the the question, does my donation even make a difference it does it's funding scholarships and then once the i mean my understanding is once the scholarships are then funded then any additional money can go towards um you know minor projects and things like that so it definitely helps um i wish they did a better job of of advertising it i think once and it may be because they have a hard time of tracking down alums i I don't know
1: um it, it just I don't think that's it. I think it's it's just a poor system. Yeah. And sp- from my experience, you know, I graduated in 2001 and they never really pushed me to join the Wolfpack Club. I was just in the student Wolfpack Club and I didn't really know I, need, I should have made that transition to the Wolfpack Club and, you know, all those things that just weren't explained to an idiot like me. And... Uh, you know, I think that's they're just really lacking. There's again, it's a st- sort of theme we've talked about before. Is there's no unifying message, yeah. and one of the things that like Clemson has really driven home was Ip day I I'd pay ten a year, right? They they asked for ten bucks from every Clemson fan, and that it's more than that now, but it's that's how it started, right? right? And they they bought yeah. in, man, and that's how they really got that injection of money. The state's got a huge fan base. We put out you know thirty thousand students every year and you know you can bring in more money if you make it possible and I think uh, there' just hasn't been that sort of unifying message. I think that's something that I want to see from Bo and whoever else is running the show. but speaking of upgrades with that money, uh, somebody asked us questions number one, you mentioned a stadium experience lacking what would you do to upgrade it restrooms etc? That's a big question. Um, Quick answer, fix the scoreboard or improve the scoreboard, sound system, lighting. uh, I think those sorts of things make kind of the experience better. I think you can manufacture an environment better by pushing fan involvement so we talked about the the move, the change chant, right? That's a very simple thing that that can be done to really engage people more rather than putting a player up on a screen. Yeah, guys, come on, you know, yell. Uh, just I, I think there's there needs to be more coordination in that in regards to the stadium experience. I think the bathrooms are terrible and lacking and, um, you know, all those sorts of things that just need to be yeah upgraded. Just about that time been neglected for long time. i mean
0: it's it's just like i mean here's the problem right it's the advantage that like a pro stadium has is once the football game's in there's still things that can go on there um you know like in charlotte they have the soccer games and things like that so um i know there's going to be a limit to the amenities um Yeah, you want to make it... I mean, you got to remember, okay, you are trying to get people to drive multiple hours away and multiple hours back home to watch a game. Sometimes it's extremely, extremely hot. Sometimes it's very cold. So you got to do everything you can to make life better for those people. Um, You know, it's... I can't believe I have to say, like, you should be showing far more replays. Um, You know, you don't necessarily have to... In my opinion, you don't necessarily have to upgrade the, the big screen. I'd like to see them upgrade even further the, the two smaller screens. Um, yeah, I mean, the sound levels are bad, you know, the, the bath, everyone has been saying this for years, which makes it just really frustrating to think about that. The East side, um, restrooms and just overall infrastructure are really, really bad shape. And it's really hard to sit there and stare at the Vaughn towers and then be like, Oh, by the way, like go deal with the mystery water over on the other side of the stadium. Um, I just don't think it's a good look and it's kind of frustrating and I can understand a lot of people were frustrated to see other projects be um, greenlit maybe before taking care of something like that. So, you know, you would hope that that's part of the, the mission that boo is on. Um, Yeah. That's interesting about light. Now, when you say lighting, are you saying like you want this cool, like led lighting that some of these other stadiums are doing, or are you just saying in general, it's just kind of dark under the stands?
1: Uh, both. Both actually. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the LED thing is, you know, you want to keep up with the Joneses. That's what everybody's doing. But I, I also think, you know, you go underneath um, the bleachers and whatnot, you know, going to the concession stands and whatnot. I just, it's not a great, it's not a pleasing experience. And I think it could be better. Um, You know, if you ever, I've been spoiled to watch the last couple of games in Vaughn towers, and it's completely different experience and now you're not going to replicate that for the entire stadium but at least you know you can make things better you know people you're asking people to put out a lot of money and time to go to these games and you know they just don't make it a seamless experience you know the the beer the beer sales was one and it made me think about this thing paying for beers and getting your id and all stuff was super long super tedious I don't understand why you can't implement Apple Pay or um, Google Pay or Venmo or something that you walk up, I want a Coke Zero and a hot dog, bam, You know, here's my Apple Pay or here's my Venmo and it you, know, you can go to FoodLine and do it and it takes two seconds. Why? I mean, you would alleviate so many more problems and you'd make the lines go a lot faster if you you know, added some abilities there or added some, you know, technology to make that just a little bit better. And if you can make incremental improvements in those sorts of things, they add up over time.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you could do like some kind of like preloaded cards or I don't know, something like that. Maybe that's a way something, you know, like I always say, like the thing with the giving levels is like, what am I actually getting? You know, the, the things that you sell me priority points and like little things like where my parking pass is going to be like, that's not enough to really move me to, to donate. Um, especially since I can barely ever get to games anyways, I'd, frankly, I'd rather just give money directly to the, you know, to the school or to, um, the athletic department. Um, you know, if, if my little, you know, thousand dollars or something like that can go to, you know, uh, a project, you know, and go into a fund or something like that, I guess I'd be interested in doing that. But, um, I always say like, you got to sell stuff that are going to, that's going to get people excited. So like, to me, I would like. I would think you would see like giving levels if it would be like, you know, you get to go have some, spend some time with, you know, the head coach doing something or you get to do, you know, if, if people give $5,000 or something like that, they get to do like a quick little shoot around or play knockout with Kevin Keats or something, you know, something silly like that. But I think you would get people wanting to participate in stuff like that.
1: Um, I'd donate more to play a pickup game in PNC or Reynolds or something. I mean, something like that's fun, man. Like, here, you know, give us a thousand bucks and bring ten friends and play a game for, you know, an hour. Exactly. I mean like that stuff like that's cool and it doesn't really push out at all. Um, I just, you know, that again comes from unifying mission and uh, just better marketing and just being proactive there. I think that's something we've yet to see. Yeah, I should ask Debbie about that. I bet she'd give us an answer there.
0: Well, Debbie's too crazy, according to you know a bunch of people hiding Whatever. behind computers. I, I wanted to slap some people during a chat room session recently. Um, well, hey, now you mentioned that about the lines. Now I, I saw that, you know, as the season went on that the beer lines and things like that got a lot faster. Did, did you experience that?
1: I think so, but I, I think it's because they sold less beer. Hmm. I think there was less people buying. Uh, That's weird.
0: Cause you think it's an, yeah. that you think it would be a different relationship
1: <laughs> with what was going yeah, on, the mercy so drink more. Yeah, that's what I would think too. Probably but. sold
0: a lot of Chardonnays that day for the UNC game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there wasn't that many UNC fans there, which was weird. It was well, really you bizarre. know why?
0: Because they only had five freaking wins going into that game, and yeah, they're not good either. So you know, but no, Sam Howell is next Heisman. So okay, sorry. Yeah.
1: Next question: Why do they hand out passes at halftime? Big time stadiums and programs don't have this problem. True. We're trying to emulate that. Why do we have passes? Yeah, it's not true. There's a lot of programs that do have that. I'm not saying I'm for it. I think it's terrible, uh, especially given how bad we are and how easy it is to lose somebody's attention. Right? If you're you want to you want to be interesting, you want to, if Dave Dorn wants the third quarter stands to be full. Score some damn points, and people will come back in the game. And I think that's as simple as it is. It's – um, yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I don't partake in it anymore because it's just easy to not come back. But I understand why they do it because our, con- our concessions and stuff are just not set up for yeah. it. But neither is our football team. So there's that part of it.
0: Yeah, too. I would say um, I feel like the only times they ever took – even the only times I ever really did it was either, you know, like when we were playing like FCS kind of games, like the, just the boring at a conference game. And then, it, you know, if we we're getting our, our doors blown out and I just wanted to go get a beer and, you know, we'd either come back if we, yeah, it's nice things. Like if you're close enough and you hear a score touchdown, I remember we did it for the FSU game. I think we were losing maybe by two scores the year that uh, Russell yeah. Wilson was there and we came back at one. And, won. and um, my dad and I were out in the parking lot drinking a beer and all of a sudden I, you know, I hear, you know, you hear the the cannons going off. And I was like, Oh shit, we should go back into the game. And you know, we, we came back in but we were, I mean, we were only three or four, you know, rows back from, from the game at that yeah. point. Right. So it makes
1: a big yeah. difference. I mean, I
0: think like if you are going to take away something that's perceived as a benefit, you have to replace it with a benefit of greater value. Um. So I would just say, you need to you need to work on what the overall experience is before you take away something like that.
1: But I get, I'm, I'm I think they good. should sell pass outs. They should sell a season pass out. You buy your season ticket, you get a seat back, hundred bucks, you get your pass out or whatever it may yeah. be, right for the season, and you, you know, you show your pass, you can come and go as you as you want to. Yeah. Now you'll probably okay. sell twenty percent, but if you know you sell for a hundred bucks. Twenty percent of sixty thousand still a lot of people, yeah, right. Still a lot of money, and there you pay start paying for your Apple Pay and your bathrooms and all this other stuff that you need to get done.
0: Look, I just want to hear about the amazing Wi Fi.
1: Okay, that, that's all I ask. <laughs> right, I have T Mobile. I have no problems in the stadium, which is funny. I ba- yeah, I barely ever had a problem. You know, but that's just me. Nobody else is on it. But what would improve the fan experience such that it creates more of an SEC vibe, winning and scoring? Um, <laughs> honestly it's what it is you know (laughs) score more be more interesting pulls up the SEC scores hold on (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but you gotta be you gotta take it seriously man and like I'm not saying everybody's gotta be SEC super fan but you know again you can manufacture that experience in the stadium by you know bringing people along with you you know that's doing chants and things and you know establishing um you know some sort of rhythm and cadence in the game i think that's important to create that atmosphere and you know we would do it we'll do the wolf pack chant and then you get a pork patrol commercial blasted on the speakers and you're like man this sucks yeah so there's got to be better solutions for those gotta play wagon wheel that's all the people want what could be done outside of the stadium itself to elevate the program, private jet, better training tables, football dorms? What what needs to improve? Um, winning, score more points. <laughs> We're catching the theme here. Yeah. I, I don't I think they have all the resources they need. I mean, you could probably ask for more analytics guys and I'd say better marketing probably. But I don't know if there's any sort of thing that we don't have. I think everybody knows we have very good com- facilities. Yeah. I think it's very competitive. I, I mean, we
0: are already chartered jets to go to the game. So I'm not sure what that yeah. means. Uh, unless like, a, I don't know, does Alabama have its own 747 or something? It wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there it. was some, who was it? Wake Forest had to take a commercial plane. <laughs> they They were just talking about that during the broadcast. I think Wake had to take a commercial flight somewhere. It's like, oh, that's gotta suck. Yeah, they're 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 fly- they're <laughs> flying they're,
0: tired. They, they're flying on what is it, they, Frontier or uh, Spirit? Yeah, I you don't know. So, um, <laughs> they don't have a carry. They're not. They're, they not f- carry on.
1: <laughs> yeah, Danny Manning had to pay for everybody's carry ons. Probably a violation. Or you something.
0: know, I I think um, uh, I guess to that point though, like what, you know, it says football dorms and things like that. I, I don't think state needs to invest for you know it's like remember when we were going to invest in that basketball uh basically the basketball yeah. only dorm with uh, with a few um non-student athletes to make it qualify um right i don't think you necessarily need that kind of stuff to get the kind of guys that dave doran wants um you know i i think winning cures all um you know we won quote unquote, you know, we won 18 games over two years and we had two good recruiting classes from it. And I think if we had some more depth behind them, we wouldn't have experienced what we just experienced and we wouldn't be having these questions. So just go out and just play better next year. And I think people are going to stop worrying about this stuff and then money will start rolling in, hopefully.
1: With the change in 2020 recruiting, more speed receivers, do you think we are headed to an air raid system? no i do not <laughs> that's a simple answer no i don't think dave dorn wants to go air raid i think he's a midwestern run the ball guy i don't think we're going air raid so i think he realizes he needs guys that can make plays for him yeah uh the the old catch radius guys as you mentioned earlier <laughs> like those guys don't. That's not the thing anymore, right? You need fast guys. Yeah, you well, need fast guys that can run. You, by You people. need to
0: pair them together. And uh, a hat, hat tip to the uh, the Wolfpackers podcast. That's what we're referencing. They uh, they were kind of highlighting yeah. the the change in philosophy, where you know Tom O'Brien was kind of recruiting smaller, speedy guys, and then um, because we felt like we were getting, um, I, like I said, I feel like a lot of things always go goes back to we couldn't beat Clemson or FSU, and we felt like. It was because like their DBs, for example, were long and rangy in that in that period of time, right? And and that we couldn't get separation, right? So we need guys that could live without separation. So you go go get get those kind of guys. But like, I mean, if you look at uh, Doran's recruiting classes, I mean, he had you know Marquez Velda, Scantling, and Bo Hines and Cherry and Ramos. Like they tried to get speed early on. They had Trowell, who was supposed to be a speed guy um steph lewis was always kind of a project but he was a fast guy um and then you know you you recruited naheem hines and then kind of after that i don't know if it's because they had such a bad experience where they had um like sesams and a couple other guys and like all these speed guys just like never panned out and then all of a sudden they started going with the longer lengthier guys um but the reality is it's simple. They saw that um, C.J. Riley was the fastest guy on the team, and like wasn't even close. Who even the next person was? I guess Trent Penix maybe at this point. And once he got injured, we had no speed. And then you sit there and you watch guys um, that, I mean, Louisville was good because they had some fast receivers. Um, you know, one of the reasons we lost the FSU game is because they had two, you know, just speed freak guys that once they got the ball, it was see you later. Like our guys aren't keeping up with that kind of guy. So I am really happy that it finally clicked. I don't understand how you didn't notice over the last two or three years that outside of Naheem Hines, like there was not a fast person on the field. And um, it's just good to see them recognize it and make some changes. I felt like they made the change at running back and they started targeting guys that had home run uh, hitting ability. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of makes you wonder, it's like, did we, were we targeting guys and we just happened to miss on them? Or are we at a point where Dave knows that he really just needs to take a flyer on some guys, hope one or two pan out. And then, you know, the bigger, you know, you know, in a Mezzi or even, you know, an Angeline can have a lot easier time in the offense. If you've got someone that's really spreading it out over the top. I mean, just look at the NFL. I mean, that's, that's that's the game right now. Um, if you want to see what it's not like to have good receivers, go uh, look at Philadelphia right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, why didn't one – this is from Will. Why didn't one or both OCs get fired when Hucks did? Um, well, James Washington followed up with that question, is waiting to secure recruits. With the current OCs, co-OCs, a good idea before making an OC change. Should we miss out – On the right, OC candidates is not risking losing recruits due to firing. Well, worth it in the end if we don't make a change. Um, I think those are all kind of related. Uh, The theory is we didn't fire anybody. We didn't make any changes yet because signing day is next week. Makes sense to me. This early signing day is new, and I don't think anybody really knows there's no real protocol for this yet for these assistants. If I do recall, last year there was a lot more movement after signing day. It was obviously. like hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it it's um, going to be Christmas for assistant coaches um, on the on the nineteenth. What it feels like, and yeah, I mean, other than a few guys. You know, you've seen some OCs that were picked for head coaching jobs, and you've seen some kind of lateral moves where head coaches went down to be OCs, right? I think Chad Morris just went down to Auburn, right? Um, yep. To me, you are going to see uh, a lot of assistants go on the market on the 19th and, and after. And I'm not surprised. I think you're not seeing a lot of movement on that front, I guess. And so for people asking why it's not happening... There's several reasons. There's one, the whole market is waiting because everyone is trying to secure their recruits and then make their changes Two, I think state is probably looking to see if any of their coaches can find landing spots before dismissing them. Um, I think that's going to help with anyone that's got a buyout that's left on their contract. Um, And two, you're also trying to maybe work things out behind the scenes where if you do have a coach on the staff currently that you want them to maybe move laterally, so that you can keep them and get more funding for them. Um, You know, you want to take some time. And I would assume that that's what Dave is doing. That's probably what, um, you know, I would think everyone's agents are probably working towards that. So, you know, and then it's just possible that Dave doesn't want to make changes on, on offense. That's that's the other thing. Um, I think there will be people with, uh, you know, torches and pitchforks if, if that occurs. Um. Yeah. That, that, I would be shocked, I guess, if there's no changes, but it's possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you'll see, you know, first was the head coaching changes, and you got to think those guys are still looking to make their staffs, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Drink What's Out at Mizzou, you know, he's going to make his staff. Is he going to come, Printing no. State guys? I don't know. I don't know how that relationship was, so. <laughs> but the point is, like, he's still going to make a staff. So he's going to pull him from yeah. somewhere. So there's going to be some shuffling. Um, I don't know how much it is, but I, I'm starting to wonder how much movement we're going to see. And I was pretty confident early enough on one of our coaches being moved or moving, moving on. I'm not sure I'm confident on that right now. And I don't really have a reason why other than, you know, is Doran going to – I don't know if he's going to change his philosophy on how he views the offense. I think him doing that is going to have to be a major adjustment to his view of football. Like I don't even know if that makes sense, but I just don't see he's going to make that change – I don't know if he's going to make that philosophical change on how he wants to play.
0: It's funny because I feel like I don't really have a problem with the run game. It's really just the, the past game to me just seems like it's, it's either, it feels like it was designed by someone who felt like they were the smartest person in the room and they're not here anymore. And it's just like, there's too yeah. many things happening. And I think if you could scale it back and say, we like what we do in the run game, it's important for our running game to, to be what it is so that it can establish a passing game. And then pair that up with a more simple quarterback friendly pass. I mean, like UNC air raid, whatever it's not, it's not that difficult of a concept. Like their passing game is installed in days. And, you know, you. I just keep thinking back until like plays, like you know, like where you're asking Devin Leary to, you know, run right, read a defensive end, pitch back to a running back. But in order for the play to work, you have to have a pulling offensive lineman to go around, and you need your undersized slash tall tight end to make a crackback block on a linebacker. Like that's so freaking complicated. <laughs> like, yeah. and you're asking multiple freshmen to do it and it looks like it's the first time you did it like you installed it during the week I mean that's my problem is it just it doesn't feel like the offense is being run by someone who understands every element of it it looks like someone's running the offense who has a really damn good grasp of the run game and then is trying to incorporate a bunch of things in the pass game that I just don't think jive and I think that's the problem with like the co-ocs is when Clemson, uh when Chad Morris left Clemson, Tony Scott and what's the guy's name? Jeff Elliott. Is that it? Or maybe it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Like they just Jeff Scott, Tony yeah, Elliott. All they did was they literally just kept doing Chad's offense. They didn't change anything. They didn't bring in new wrinkles. Right. I mean, they basically just stuck to the same thing and then just they they just tweaked what it was and how they were playing the, calling the plays. Um it just really feels like this offense is just too many offensive coordinators babies. Like you've got pieces of Canada in there, pieces of Drinkowitz, pieces of George. Then you see them just bringing in, you know, all these other principles running things. I just think, you know, that's why I would hope that you could say, Hey, Des, it's not working at, for you as the offensive coordinator, but we really like what you're doing with the run game. I thought that, I mean, we did have a pretty good yards per carry average throughout the year. Um, you know, hey, we want you to be involved with the run game. We want you to be the run game coordinator. We want you to be the running back coach. We want you to be the associate head coach on offense. Like whatever. Like tag it so you can say, look, you're doing a good job, but this just isn't the right position for you. And I think you, sh- you know, I feel like Des is smart enough to know that, and I feel like he's probably humble enough to acknowledge it, and maybe just step aside and say, how can I learn under someone else again? Uh, but
1: I hope so. I don't know. I'm not as confident as you are in what we saw from the run game this year. Now, you know, is it because the guys are freshmen running backs? Maybe. I don't know. I just – I didn't like it. I didn't like the the lack of jets. I didn't like the mm-hmm. not running from, you know, you know, spread runs basically. I mean, there's just ways you can manufacture touches for – your better players. And I just don't think they, I didn't, I didn't like that. They didn't do it consistently. And I, there was no rhythm to it. Right. It's, you know, what we've talked about this for, you can pick a play and like, Oh, this is a good play. And then it, you know, this is a good one. They didn't execute, but you can't string them together enough to say, yeah, the offense was competent because it was clearly incompetent. So I, there, it's got some, there were some things that I, I liked, but I can't tell you that it was consistent enough. Like, hey, that was good. They need to do more yeah. of this. Right. I mean, Zonovan Knight didn't break a long run until, what, this Carolina game, maybe? And, you know, he had some 20 yarders, but like a long run until the end of the year. Now, that's really strange for me for a guy that's breakaway speed. And, uh, you know, he had, <laughs>
0: just, yeah, he had a oh, hamstring. He had still a hamstring thing. Nearly 200 Uh, yards in
1: our spring. Let's put it like this: I mean,
0: (laughs) you know, two freshmen, Donovan Knight and Jordan Houston, were responsible for 1,300 yards of rushing, and then Ricky Person had another 220. So between the running backs, he had over 1,500 yards of rushing, and they averaged. I think when you combine it together, those guys they were 5.5, 5.2, and 3.8 when when you include Ricky. Um, So they're probably like right around four and a half, four seven, somewhere like that. They were running the ball pretty well. I mean, that's why it was so frustrating and especially in a game like UNC where you're sitting there smashing it in the first half and clearly establishing the run and then you just pivot away from it all of a sudden.
1: Um, Yeah, run the damn ball. Like just – I don't know. I I also don't know if it's – the season was a fair enough judgment. mm -hmm. You know, I can see – that Dave Dorn looks at the season like, all right, we had a bunch of shit going on. Maybe uh, it's not fair to judge these guys on this particular season. I mean, I disagree <sighs> with that statement, but I can see how Dave Dorn would think I mean, think that.
0: how could he look at the quarterbacks and say, like, well, we're we're okay? I mean, like
1: – Yeah, great job, Roper. He,
0: yeah, great I, I mean, Larry ended the season at 48% completions. And average five point eight yards a pass, and then Bailey Hockman was at fifty five five point six. Matt McKay was at fifty seven and six point one. And well, he's gone. So I mean, I don't even Montana State. Dude, I'm gonna tell you what, man. He's gonna he's gonna fucking tear it up. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I here here's the thing, man. I, I'm still really fed up just about how this all went down. I thought at by the end of the year, sure as hell looked like you know. Um, Bailey Hockman was the second string quarterback and Devin Larry was the third string quarterback for a reason. I didn't see, I still don't see what gets people just jacked up about Devin Larry. Um, I I just hope that there is e- either he makes a massive well, jump or someone shows up because there's just, there. I have no hope. I mean, Thayer Thomas was the best quarterback of the year. <laughs> he literally yes, had the highest completion rate. <laughs>
1: Matt McKay ending up at Montana state. I, I mean, it kind of says a lot to I me. love no, no offense to Matt. Hey, Bozeman's beautiful, like, man. It is
0: gorgeous, but
1: Montana state. So, yeah,
0: I'd be curious um, love if someone could kind of poke around and just, I, I'm curious if he just really wanted to get away or I mean, cause it just really seems weird. Cause he seemed like a guy that could go to like a JMU or I mean, even like a Liberty. I mean, well, He's too smart to go to Liberty, but the, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. So I was curious. Oh, so you know, you know what? Someone did say that there was a assistant coach, um, that was formerly on our staff that is there and would have, would have interacted with him over the last two years. Um,
1: uh. and so
0: I think that's probably the connection. Um, someone posted the guy's name, someone on the Wolfpacker forums. Uh, so if I find it, I will, uh, come back in a
1: minute (laughs) well one thing I was looking up while you were talking there is that Ted Roof left, Ted Roof joined NC State on December 27th Ted Roof or, wait I got this backwards, Ted Roof joined State on December 22nd Ted Roof left State on December 27th so uh, just the first one I looked up but it just indicates that hey, this is after the early signing period. This is when this stuff happens. So hopefully we'll get some Christmas presents in the mail in the form of some help. Um, Luke says, I have a damn comment about our lazy, terrible doormat coach. Do we really expect the offense to be better with no changes? I don't know. I hope we have changes just because. Yeah, I think we all hope that. Philip, what keeps NC State football from breaking the chains of mediocrity? Oh, now you're asking me to solve world peace here. Is it unrealistic to regularly be ranked in the top 25, compete at the top of the division, win the division every sixty-eight, years, 68 six to eight years, play to win ACC title games? What would it take to make national championship tournament? I don't think it's unrealistic. I think, you know, we've made our – our pro- proclamations of where we think NC State should be, and I think you're, you know, you should hover around eight wins every year. I think that's realistic given the the commitment, the facilities, the you know the fans and the the passion people have here for football. I think that's that's what this program can be. What why it hasn't been? I think we've just had years and years of terrible leadership that has made years and years of terrible terrible decisions. I mean, you have – and I forgot the the name of who hired Michael Caine, right? That was a very unsexy hire at the time. And then when Fowler hires Tom O'Brien, right? It's a very unsexy hire when you have guys like Jimbo Fisher out there who really want the job. I think we've had long – Many years of bad leadership, and has put us in this position of having guys that you know are just making decisions that are not in line with Chuck Amato's vision. And I credit Chuck Amato for bringing the passion and the vision to the fan base because I think is absolutely credited to him in that time period. I think he elevated football in Raleigh, and a, yeah you know, we just he was the only one over the last i don't god knows twenty years that has done that, and you need and i I've been on record saying we need that personality to be that unifying voice, and we just we don't have it yet, but I think for the most part leadership has let us down I think you can look at that in, in basketball too. When you, you have Herb for so long and people are happy with how he's doing. But before that, you have Les Robinson, who was garbage. And then you can't hire a coach and you go to Sidney Lowe and then he hasn't paid his taxes. You fire Sidney Lowe and you go to Mark Godfrey, who, you know, it was okay, but like, um, you know, things could have been better. And we haven't, the leadership hasn't put us in positions to to be better. I think that's really
0: where we're at I I just remember yeah. my friend said that uh, he was at a wolf pack um like one of the summer caravan events and he was like I'm not letting yeah. my fiance get near Mark Godfried and that's all I'll say about <laughs> Mark Godfried off the court oh yeah um yeah yeah you know I I mean that's that's it's interesting right cuz like Amado had a vision right he comes from the the FSU pipeline down there he knows what big boy football is and and he brings it to state um and yeah no one's really the last two coaches have just been kind of like i mean even though i like darren off you know his, his his personality i guess well i mean what's his vision for nc state football um it's just
1: play hard and uh <laughs> you know Blue collar, hand well, in the dirt. you know, I mean, he pushed, Right, and that's what he says, and then he stopped I mean, he the ball. for the
0: practice facility and things like that. So I, I've seen it, and he, you know, I, there are changes like in the in the Murphy Center and things like that that, you know, are clearly attributed to him. I, I guess what I'm saying is like I'm just I'm not feeling a. It's still just really hard to find the identity of what this team is, and um, other than you, you, can say that you're a hand in the dirt, blue collar mentality, blah 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 blah, but you know being blue collar means that you typically work hard and you have well-defined processes and things that <laughs> like you can stand behind. And right now there's nothing to really stand behind other than those two seasons of nine wins. And those nine wins really seem to fire people up differently. Some people think it's great. Other people look at a missed opportunity. Um, and I think just right now you just really need to say, Hey, I, I, Dave, what's your vision for just getting over the hump right now? The hump is going to be, how do you get us winning games again and not just getting us six wins? I mean, the more I think about it, I don't think six wins next year is really going to, you know, really bring the back. Six wins. And he's you gone. know, if six it's wins six wins, gone. it would have to be yeah, he... Mississippi state, Clemson, Florida state, Louisville, see, yeah. and pick, you know, picking out a conference game.
1: <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what I mean. And I told Will the story, I think off there before, but I haven't said, I haven't told it before. When talking about bad leadership, when the Murphy Center was built, and this is obviously a long time ago, there's a – let me back up. Why does a team go into the north end zone at halftime? And I bet you nobody can answer that question, but I'll tell you why. It's because when they built the Murphy Center, the actual football locker rooms are up – on like a middle floor and they can't get the team up the stairs and into the locker. I was told this by a former football coach here. They can't get the team up the stairs into the locker room in time at halftime. Somebody didn't think about that when they were building the Murphy Center. And if you've ever been in there in that tunnel, it's, it's pretty narrow. So I understand why, why it's like, you know, why they say that. But when I found that out, and this was years ago, I just, it just epitomizes everything about, you know, what we went through with just drunk leadership. I don't think, I think we've had, you know, I think Debbie's been great. And I think Boo has a reputation of being good. So I don't think we're in that same boat that we were with, you know, Les Robinson and Lee Fowler and, um turner was the guy before him like but that's just you know that's just such a stupid thing to not think about it's like how do you get your football team Wait, back in we the what do we run? have oh we have to build do we have we don't steps. have an escalator <laughs> no it's like it's a super narrow staircase and it's like at the time I was in there it was concrete and I was wearing spikes and it's just like somebody's going to break an ankle. And it's so like, there's a reason they don't go in there and they run the other side. It's easier to get in, which is so stupid. So yeah, that just, oh, man, I didn't think I was going to get that ran out today. Um, saw Muschamp had his contract restructured. Any chance Doran could get some to do the same, get to some really good coordinators. I don't think he has to. I think he's, I think the money's there. If he wants to get coordinators, yeah, he can get can coordinators. We- I'm not even worried about getting really good coordinators. I'd rather get, or you know, big money coordinators. I'd rather get guys that are hungry, innovative. You know, we mentioned this about Longo. At, he's the offensive coordinator at Carolina a while ago. That he's young and hungry, and it was a great hire. He's he's busted his ass to to make his way up. I'd, I'd love to have more of those guys being innovative yeah. in that thing.
0: That's I, I don't I, I don't understand why everyone's obsessed with trying to get like a million dollar coordinator or something like that. I don't think you have to pay that. You really don't. You can get coordinators so from the G5. Um, You can get guys that are in P5 that just want a chance. You know, I mean, someone asked, would I be willing to pay $600,000 or whatever to get another Drinkwits? And I'd say, yeah, because at least Drinkwits one came from a pedigree. He learned under really good offensive minds, under uh, Melzahn and Harson, And two, he already had a year on the job. And I have more faith in that than than just taking, you know, plucking someone from a, a positional coach and moving them over. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And if Dorn needs – Dorn can get that kind of money. I mean, frankly – I was thinking about this the other day. So Huxtable was basically getting paid about um, $800,000 and Tony Gibson was getting paid $200,000. And then because of the buyout structure from West Virginia, the 200 K was about to jump up, I think to like 500 or something for that we would be responsible for. So there's a part of me that says that they, that Doran looked and said, okay, we have a million dollars tied up between these two guys. This thing's about to jump up. Why don't I get rid of Dave Huxtable right now? And then, you know, we can free up another 500 K plus to go get either, you know, help out on the offensive end, go get a certain positional coach or get recruiters or take that money and shove it back into the back room, uh, you know, operation. So, uh, you know, I think the money is not a problem. I'm really getting tired of people say, Oh, we don't have money. We don't have money. We don't have money.
1: Like it's a hundred percent not true. Um, <laughs> I don't know why people say that. They said that about Missouri, too, like our fans oh would God. know. But like Missouri committed to building like a $100 million stadium improvement. And this is a few years back. And they had these grand plans, and they've been raising money for it. They've got money. And I think people make proclamations like well, that. I, I don't they, understand why. We've got,
0: we've got They, they to said pay. they don't have money, and then they go pay drink what's $4 million a year. Um, you know, go yeah. Sunbelt. Um, yeah. I don't – By that bullshit, guys.
1: Yeah. Um, The other, I I remember what I told you earlier. I had something I wanted to say. Um, The Wolfpacker podcast also mentioned they're talking about the transfer portal and, you know, they expect some more guys to be moving. Um, But it will not be UConn, as they pointed out. University of Connecticut has 18 players in the transfer portal. That's one eight. How's that, how's that rebuild going over there? UConn
0: 2.0, Randy Edsall.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't
0: oh, that crazy? 18? You know, it's funny because, like, Stanford has – someone said Stanford has 11 in the portal. I mean, people need to get used to this. I mean, the portal is giving guys opportunities. It would be really great to see, like, after this – especially after this season because it seems like more guys are going into the portal this year that um, – what's the rate of these guys actually ending up at other programs? Um, I know we had a one or two guys that went into the portal last go around that weren't, they hadn't locked up any scholarships elsewhere. Um, right. yeah, it's going to suck to be a Yukon fan.
1: <laughs> uh, Wolfpack news, Xavier Elias ended up in Northern Arizona. So you're losing guys to Montana cool. state. And, and Northern we talked Arizona.
0: about this, I think last time, right? The only guy I can think of that actually moved up or laterally was that Moss. Did it, did anyone else yeah, go anywhere? I mean, you know, maybe Troy Vincent went to Iowa State, maybe. I mean,
1: that's that's how far back. Something like that sounds right. I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know what? McCoy, I, mean, I mean, you know, McCoy transferred for family reasons um, down to Florida. And then I think he oh, ended yeah. up, did he end up
1: at Florida? Yeah. 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 TJ McCoy yeah. offensive line. That a, That's a was a huge.
0: Uh, it's unfortunate what happened. I think his dad, I think it was his dad who had yeah, maybe cancer. And then I think he recovered, yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Uh, but TJ McCoy was a guy that they were definitely really high on. Um, really unfortunate situation. Yeah.
1: yeah it, it makes you, it brings up a whole lot of other questions that we can probably ask in another podcast. But um, yeah, most of these guys are not going, and not going up. I think that's interesting. It will be interesting to see who's left. Devon Graves, I really, he has he's not gone yet. He hasn't picked a place. And the, the thing is, he's expected to transfer, and it's family stuff to get closer to Virginia, I guess. But, there, man, he was the one. Uh,
0: there really was liked. some chatter today. Let me go back here. They, Someone said that one of the guys was pulling out of the portal. Um, give me a second here to. To steal some That's premium cool. information from the uh, inside pack sports. Uh, sign up for your uh, year long membership or monthly membership, and you can get access to this information too. Uh, We've driven enough business to them that I'm not worried about taking a piece of it. I'm still waiting for my, my royalty from Runa Cooper. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm scrolling backwards here to see if I can find this. Dunlap might have pulled out doo, doo, doo. is a rumor. Uh Okay. Is, is what someone said. Now, it's coming from a guy who was rubbing me the wrong way about uh Twitter today. So maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe he's trolling <laughs> me again. <laughs> yeah. I like Dunlap, too. And people are like, oh, he's not going to play. But he played this year. And he was Richard. And, Fr- you know, they were talking about him in the spring. They were like, yeah, he's fast and big and people like him. And now I was like, ah, oh, it's not a big loss. He's gone. It's so weird that. whatever happened to his brother? Where's Corvarius Crouch? He's at is, Tennessee. Is he playing? He's playing line. Plus, he playing linebacker. But then he come. He's actually playing running back too. I saw him score a touchdown. I don't think he's playing a lot, but he's playing wow. Good for good for Tennessee. I'm sure Dustin was super happy about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question, Quentin. You weirdo ass. Do you have toilet paper in the front or back? Now I'm going to assume he's not talking about wiping habits because nobody wipes back to front. That's just weird. Um, it's all about where you place the roll, and the toilet paper's got to hang in the front. Only communists have it hanging in the back, so I don't understand why this is a debate. Yeah,
0: you roll you you place it towards the front so that there's like tension when you when you try to rip it. Like when it's coming over the top, you got tension. Yeah. You rip. I, only a monster would put it on there backwards.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I remember, and this is, I was just trying to find it while, while you were talking, but there was no website. And it was like the great toilet paper debate. And all it was was a poll. And it was like, do you vote, you know, do you have front or back? And that was it. It's not there anymore. Somebody should have saved that. That was a, that was a gem, but yeah. You're a monster, Courtney. That's asking, what we say. need quer-
0: we need clarification. Is he asking about wiping habits or is he talking about the paper?
1: I hope he's not hey, talking about wiping that wiping, wiping
0: habit, that's, that's not me. 100%, my man. I can tell you that. I've had this debate. I've had wow. this debate yeah, at that's... many a drunk party event. <laughs> You'd be surprised that <laughs> it's
1: that? not 100% one way or the other. <laughs> I'm like playing this through in my head like, oh, sorry, let's not do this um i appreciate this question I'm,
0: I'm glad someone decided to get a little weird with us
1: <laughs> yeah enough football talk about yep, yep. buttholes yep. hey it's man
0: like, hey look you You know you gotta learn somehow okay there's people out there yeah, that can okay. save their life all right
1: that's all i got uh back plays basketball sunday greensboro espn plus uh, you need to have an ESPN plus subscription, but pro tip, if you have YouTube TV, you can log into ESPN plus for free wait, 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 that wait, last game or a couple games ago. If you have okay. YouTube TV, you can use that to authenticate ESPN plus. So you don't actually oh, have to awesome. pay for ESPN right, plus. I have YouTube TV, that's good. To know. Yeah. Pro tip. Well, so, so for those of you who made it to the end of this podcast, you get a little bit of, uh, don't GC be afraid fire. to use
0: reddit.com. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Reddit's amazing. All right, folks. Hope you are doing well. Thanks for listening. Go pack. I got nothing. This is weird.